This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. He loops out the left field, going to be a tough play. Gino on the run, makes the play. And flies into the stands. Oh, what a play by Derek Jeter. There it goes. Deep to left, really deep. Oh, my goodness, what a shot by Aaron Jones. Oh, way back left field. You gotta be kidding me. Goodbye, home run. I swear to the Lord, you gotta put four fingers on home run to the back end of the grandstand in left field. The Sanchino. Oh, that Gary is scary. Ball game over. Yankees win. Yankees win. I mean, you'll take that. You'll you'll take that for sure. You know, struggling for friggin' um, weeks. You know, that uh, what was it? 15 out of 20 games with a loss, right? <laughs> really bad baseball for almost a month. And um, you come back with, you know, starting up a little bit of a five game win streak here um, this past week. So you'll take it. You know, I still stand by what I said. Um, not getting excited anymore about this team because I, I just feel like they don't have enough. And I'm not trying to buy into anything too early. But again, you will take this. Um, five games in a row for the Yankees. Took the final set against the Blue Jays in Buffalo. Um, and then they they you know went home to host the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles, who gave the Yankees a good pounding last time they faced, but the Yankees returned the favor and they swept the shit out of them this um this week in four games. So yeah, it was a good return. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. Um, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, hope everybody's doing all right. You know, I'm recording this really, really, really late or technically really early on a Monday morning. <laughs> um, I've been playing that NBA 2K21, which just came out a few weeks ago. And usually, man, I don't game too much. I've cut down my gaming hours um, a whole lot from what I used to be a fucking, you know, nut. I used to be glued to that shit. But, you know, for a bit, you know, I told my shit down and now NBA 2K21 comes out. <laughs> fucking, I'm back on the sticks a lot more than I, I would like, you know, but I've been on that for a lot trying to... um you know, fucking around on NBA 2K, but that's, the, <laughs> that's what I've been doing lately. Too much of that. So that's why we're recording this podcast, um, two in the morning on Monday. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm trying to get to bed. I hope this one doesn't go for too long, but we've got four games to talk about. Got to discuss a whole lot. Um, 
Maybe we'll talk about some NBA playoffs have been good. You know, for as much as I didn't think they were going to turn out good, it's turned out pretty well. You know, these games are very competitive. There's a lot of entertaining um, games and these endings are very intense. Uh, The Clippers actually just lost the other night or was it tonight? See, it's so fucking late that my memory is just mushed right now, but. There's going to be a game seven with the Clippers and the Nuggets now, which I did not think would happen. But the Clippers and Nuggets are going to game seven on Tuesday. And the winner of that will obviously face the Los Angeles Lakers, who just pummeled the Houston Rockets, you know, made them look like the joke that they actually are. Um, You know, the Rockets took game one. Everybody was getting all excited about that small ball working out. Heavy on analytics, the Houston Rockets are no mid range allowed. You know, everybody's got to spread the floor outside the arc. If you're going to take a two, it's got to be a layup or you got to draw a foul. And that, that system just never worked. Um, their defense was better in the postseason, but that offensive scheme that D'Antoni runs, it never meshes well, especially when you've got two ball chuckers in Harden and Westbrook. And, you know, anybody could have told you that shit. Isn't good. You can't just totally, totally rely um, on analytics. And, you know, we talk about this all the time in baseball with the Yankees, why they're always um, going home early, you know, in the postseason now. Similar pattern. Um, but, yeah, the NBA playoffs have been good. Um, the NFL just started. I don't know if anybody – well, I'm sure everybody is an NFL fan except for me. I'm not the biggest NFL guy. I don't know. I used to be big into the NFL, but I, I just, it doesn't intrigue me like it used to. Um, I'm still a Giants fan. You know, I'll still watch every, I, I watch every single Giants game on, on Sundays. Um, they open up on Monday tonight though, but um, I'm just not intrigued. I, I don't get into it like I used to. I'm more of a college football fan, if anything, but I don't know, man. The NFL just doesn't do it for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that started today. Um, Saints took the victory over Brady's Bucks. Brady, uh, maybe one touchdown today, but I know the Washington Redskins and the Eagles played, and I think Washington was down by like 17 at one point, and they ended up winning. So that was an entertaining game. I'm sorry, the football club, whatever the fuck they call themselves. <laughs> Because these idiots get offended by everything. Um, so the uh, the football team won. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The Redskins won. Okay. Um, the Pat- uh, the Bucks lost. The Patriots beat the Miami Dolphins, and you know a couple other games, a bunch of other games um, were going on. The Cowboys lost, which was awesome. Um, Eagles won. Obviously, the Eagles lost to the Redskins, and uh, yeah. Some games I tuned into here and there. Um, yeah, man, Yanks. Been watching all of them. Sorry I've been so late with these recaps of the blog. I've just had no fucking motivation to blog about them lately. Um, I know they've been winning, but I don't know. I'm not buying into it, but no, man, it's good. It's good. Um, it's tough watching these games because... I, I'm sorry, but like this Yes Network booth might be the worst possible baseball group of analysts you could fucking have. And I'm not, you know, I'm sure these are all good people. They're awesome, you know, but I don't like listening to them 
when I'm watching the Yankees. Between David Cohn bringing up analytics, every fucking sentence he fucking speaks. Between Michael Kay trying to bring up a subject passive-aggressively and, and rant about it because he knows that's what he's doing. And then you've got in the post-game show, you know, over-the-top enthusiastic, enthusiastic Ryan Rucco. It's fucking hard to sit through these games and listen to these guys just... And they're on the Yankee payroll, so I get it. They have to suck up to the Yankees and, and make them seem like they're this big, bad, number one team that nobody can touch. But Jesus Christ, does it get old? Does it get old? And and Cohn is probably my least favorite, man, because these he has to put a number to everything. Somebody will say something. Cohn will answer that and bring in somehow bring in a metric. It is insane. It is fucking insane, and it pisses me off. Anywho, the Yankees themselves have been playing well. Um, don't want to waste too much time. But before we get into, you know, and dissect the game, um, Friday was 9-11, man. And, um, you know, it was, it was it's, it's already, can you guys believe it's been 19 years since the tragedy? And it's, it's crazy because at the time when I was a kid and it happened, I didn't understand it. You know, I, I made no big deal out of it, but they say you can, they say you can remember the things that make a big impact on you. And here I am 25 years old today. I remember every single moment of that day because, you know, my, my whatever inside me, it's telling me that that was, you know, that was a, a tragic day. And although I didn't know at the time what the hell was going on, I still, you know, my mind, I could picture everything. I was in multi-age, they called it second grade or first grade. And, um, you know, it was, a we were in elementary school, second grade or first grade. I don't remember the exact grade, but we were doing something where we were combining the whole class and we were, we were getting a session of learning from, from, you know, we switched teachers for a day or something like that. Two classes switched teachers for a day. We were doing something fun. And then, you know, my teacher at the time, Miss Gibney, I remember I'm sitting on the rug, Indian style, legs crossed. Miss Gibney gets a call. You know, the class has a, you know, there was a, a back, back then at least, there was a, a class phone. That rang. Miss Gibney gets a call and then she, she looks right at me. She tells me, Robert, um, your parents or your mother, is coming to pick you up, you know, okay, sure. Um, something's going on. I don't quite know, but here's me, a little kid. I'm getting out of school. I'm happy because I'm getting out of school. I don't know at the time. So she picks me up and, you know, we go home. She tells me the news. Uh, I still, you know, I'm having trouble putting it together and, you know, I'm home and I'm playing, I'm basically home, just, just taking advantage of my off day. And, um, you know, I asked my mom, Hey mom, can I go ask, Mikey, who was my neighbor at the time, to to can I, can I ask him to come over and play basketball with me? She says no. I didn't understand that. I got all pissy about it, you know. But but I didn't understand what happened at the time. And, and it just I remember every moment. And then I look at you know I'm looking at the TV. My parents are watching the news in the family room. It's 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 a sunny day out. It's a beautiful day. It was a quiet day. Very quiet day, but it was nice and sunny. And they're playing the the footage. They're playing the fucking footage of the towers burning 
And yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's the day that I'm not going to forget, man. And, and, you know, so before we waste too much time, um, you know, I, I know, I don't want to make this too much about nine 11, but I just want to, you know, uh, my, my thoughts and prayers continue to go out to the families who lost, you know, loved ones in that tragedy or just folks who lost friends. And, you know, I am so thankful that we have, you know, so many people who cared um, that day and, and were so willing to risk their lives. You know, the firefighters, the police officers, the medics, just so many wonderful people who who knew the risk they were taking um, and did it anyway, just, you know, just to save lives. And so we're all so thankful for that. And, and that's why I was so happy to see the MLB um, letting players, you know, don the NYPD and the FDNY caps on Friday, um, you know, during the games. So that was fucking awesome, man. And I really hope, you know, I wish that sports did that more often. I wish that athletes would honor those who protect them way more often, you know, especially today. Um, today we're, we're, it seems like we're honoring the wrong things. We're honoring these fucking thugs who break the law. I feel like we need to pay more respect. You know, if we're going to make these statements, we should pay more respect and, and really appreciate and, and don the clothing of, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and don, you know, clothing that, um, supports the law and supports the ones who fucking risk their lives every single day to protect us. They don't get nearly enough respect. And again, today they, they get a lot more hate, it seems than respect. Um, so it was very nice to see at least for a day, even if it's just for a day to see the MLB pay their respects that way and have players wear the NY caps. Um, but yeah, I just wish baseball and all sports really focused more on that and focus more on the good things than, than trying to push this narrative of, it seems to me that this narrative is kind of against police officers today. And, and um, I don't love that, but before we get too into that, cause I know that's a whole other subject. Um, I just, again, I wanted to thank, continue to thank all those who risked their lives um, 19 years ago. And um, you know, continue to pray for their families who have to live every day without loved ones. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that man. Um, 19 years is a fucking long time. I still have trouble thinking 19 years, man. I fucking, that's crazy. Like I remember 10 years ago, I was saying it's been 10 years since nine 11. Now we're talking about what nine years. And now we're talking about 19 years. But, um, yeah, so let's head to break and when we get back from break, guys, we'll, we'll go over, you know, um, games one to four. Um, and then, you know, we'll talk about the series afterwards. So take a quick break. All right. Be right back. Hey guys, really quick. I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, you can find me on social media. You can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. 
So game one comes along. The Yankees take the this, again. This is on Friday. Um, Yankees take the six to nothing victory. Um, it was a doubleheader. It was game one of a doubleheader, and um, Yanks won that six nothing, seven inning game. And again, this was on nine eleven. This was on Friday, so it was a very emotional day. Um, we shall never forget. And um, and they went out there. They kicked ass. It was a great, great, great game for them. Um, and then, you know, on, on the pitching end for the Yankees, it was Garrett Cole being absolutely dominant. Um, and he was dominant for a while in his last start coming into Friday. But then he had that one bad fifth inning where the Estrada error kind of, um, you know, domino affected into everything else. But here in, in game one, he was absolutely dominant, just mowing the Orioles down. Um, and he ended up tossing all seven innings. So pitching a complete game, quote unquote, quote, um, complete game shutout, um, allowing just two Beasley singles and um, one walk versus nine strikeouts. So Cole was absolutely dominant. And on the other end, Yankee offense mustered up six runs on nine hits, walking three times and striking out seven times, um, going two for eight with the runners in scoring position. Um, and then on the defensive end, they, they made an error. One error, um, which which all series we made at least one each game, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, so yeah, in the bottom of the first, you saw here DJ LeMayu knocked a solo shot to start things up, put the Yanks up one nothing. Um, and a couple of at bats later, Brett Gardner um, took one to right field to make it three to nothing um, with a two run shot. So Yanks get the early three nothing lead in the bottom of the first. Um, and then, you know, if you fast forward a little, see if we can fast forward on this video here on the screen, it's Kyle Higashioka in the bottom of the second with, um, here he is with another home run for the Yankees to make it five, nothing. It was another two run shot. Higgy goes to left, um, and he makes it five, nothing. And then to cap off the scoring for the Yankees in the sixth, um, Talkman gets an RBI single, making it 6-0 Bombers. Um, see if we can fast forward to that. Here's Talkman in the top. Oh, we already we already passed it. That's all right. Fuck it. So the X took yeah they they took the six nothing victory. Easy win for them. Garrett Cole dominant, and that was really a the start of a, of a string of good outings from Yankee pitching. Um, but uh, as we get to Yankees, uh, I'm sorry, as we, as we get to game two of this Yankees O's doubleheader, um, the Yankees just kept going. 10 to 1, they took the victory. 10 to 1 through, again, seven innings since it was a double. Um, and, you know, on the mound was Masahiro Tanaka, who uh, pitched very well. Again, he's been consistent this season for the Yanks. Um, started out a little shaky, you know, didn't look like he was exactly sharp. But he, he got the job done, man. Five innings, one run, three hits, no walks, five strikeouts. And again, on the other end for the Yankees, uh, they scored 10 runs on 10 hits. They walked five times and they struck out just four times. Um, they were a very ugly four of 18 with runners, with runners in scoring fucking position. But 10 runs is 10 runs. You'll take it. Um, and defensively, they did make one error. Um, but in the top of the first inning, again, it was um, Tanaka giving up the obligatory home run. You know, once a game, he'll give one up. Um, this one to DJ Stort, who always seems to hit home runs now against the Yankees. Um, 
solo home runs to that made it one nothing to make it one nothing. Um, but the bottom of the first game, and the Yankees answered back with a four spot. Uh, four spot was on Keegan Aiken, who has pitched well for the O so far this year, but he got into some trouble. Uh, Clint Frazier had an RBI fielder's choice against Aiken um, to shortstop. And then I think in the next at bat, it was Glaber Torres with an RBI single. And then after Torres' single, it was Miggy Andahar with a big two-run double. Miggy doubles. Miggy two bags with a double to make it um to make it four to one Yankees. So yeah, they, they hit him pretty well in that first inning. Um Miggy swinging the bat well. Torres swinging the bat well. Again, we're going to get to them and dissect them in a second after we recap these games. But it's good to see them both um, alive and well right now. Um, so the fourth inning comes. The bottom of the fourth comes along. And the Yankees um, continue to attack on. It's Luke Voigt with a three-run bomb to make it 7-1. And then he does the same thing in the fifth inning with another three-run bomb for his sixth RBI of the game. And that is what made it 10-1. to um, the Yankees. So Foyt's been fucking hot. And, you know, he's obviously in discussion for um, for MVP talk, right? With his amazing season that he's putting up. He's hitting for average. He's getting on base at a decent rate. Um, he's producing home runs. Um, he's driving in runs. And he's and remember, he's he's playing every day and he's playing hurt every day. He's, he's obviously not 100% healthy right now. That leg is bothering him or the foot, whatever it is. But Guys, fucking, you know, when you got guys like Judge and Fairy Boy Stanton on the DL with a sore eyelash, you know, it, it feels good to see someone like Voight grind it out, you know, um, which those two guys are actually supposed to come back for fucking um, for a few games probably before they get hurt again <laughs> this this upcoming weekend. But yeah, the Yanks took the 10 to 1 victory in game two, thanks to Luke Voigt for the most part, um, producing six of those 10 runs going deep twice. Um, pulled the shit out of that one in the fifth. Jesus. But, um, that was game two. Let's get to game three. And, um, this was a two to one extra innings victory where again, Luke Voigt, um, had the big, um, the big, uh, made the headline in the end, but this was, uh, Jordan Montgomery who started for the Yankees. Um, this one went 10 innings and Jordan Montgomery pitched in five and two thirds of those innings uh, allowed just one run, but it was not earned and um, surrendered three hits and one walk versus nine strikeouts, which was, um, which was a career high for Montgomery. Uh, he's been pitching well, probably the, the, the one Yankee who's pitched the least well of all the guys who's, who have pitched, but the rotation's actually been a positive so far. Um, so, you know, he's actually not been terrible either. Um, so he pitched good. The offense scored two runs on five hits, walked four times, struck out eight times, and were 0 of 8 in scoring position. So not a great day for them. Not a great day for the defense. Three fucking errors. Um, but again, they did enough. Uh, bottom of the first, it was Clint Frazier with a sack fly to bring home DJ LeMayu. Um, that made it one nothing. Uh, and then, you know, Clint's produce. He's fucking produce. Uh, so he gets the sack fly to right field. Just misses a homer by about 20 feet or so. Um, so that makes it one nothing. You get to the top of the sixth, and the Yankees, um, I'm sorry, the uh, the Orioles get their lone run of the game um, off of Montgomery, where I think it's, uh, 
Alberto with the leadoff single. He reaches second base, though, on Brett Gardner's error. And um, later in the frame, it's uh, that Mountcastle guy, Ryan Mountcastle, with a little little bloop single um, to score Alberto from third base. That ties the game at one. And again, this this was uh, a game that was tied for a while as it went to 10 innings. And But, you know, with that new extra inning rule, guys, that fucking new extra inning rule, you get a runner on second to start. And so the Yankees had a runner on base. Um, a wild pitch to Voight. The first pitch of the at-bat allowed LeMahieu, who was the runner on second, to advance to third. And then a couple of pitches later, Voight um, gets enough to send it to center field and... Um, Win the game with a sack fly. LeMayu scores, walks it off. The Yanks take the 2-1 to one victory. So That was the game where Chapman shit his pants, wasn't it? The fuck was that about? Did you guys see that? Did you guys see Chapman shit his pants? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I read the article, and you know Boone pretty much hinted at that. Let me see if I can play that clip, because I'm pretty sure Chapman shit his pants. Let's play that clip. I'm going to go to that clip. Aaron, uh, what sent you to the mound for Chapman in the ninth inning? Why did you head out there? I was just checking on him. Um, what did you see, I guess? Um, he's fine. Okay. He's it seemed like he'll leave it at that. Okay. After he got the out, he was kind of laughing. And he turned around to center field. What was going on with that? <laughs> he, he's fine. He's fine. Mother needs okay. to call sometimes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No follow up. Tell me that's fucking hilarious. I give Boone a lot of shit. I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but that was great. But yeah, you, you watch that game and he turned around to the outfield after the third out, put up, you know, a big grin. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Apparently he shit himself. <laughs> game four. Jay Happ takes the mound. The Yankees win three to one. Happ goes five innings, lets up just one run. Um, <clears throat> that one run is on five hits uh, and no walks versus five strikeouts. So Happ, another Yankee who's pitched well of late. Um, offensively, Yankees three runs came off of eight hits and a walk. They struck out five times and they were one out of four in scoring position. Uh, defensively, again, they made another error. Six errors in four games. Um, but uh, top of the second, is when the scoring started, and it was Baltimore going on the board first with a solo shot by Nunez off of Hap to make it one nothing after two. But uh, bottom of the third comes, and Tyler Wade smacks one to right field. <clears throat> Excuse me, a solo shot will tie the game up with Wade, uh, thanks to Wade's homer. It was the second of his second of the season, but might have been the second of his career as well. Uh, I got to check, but Wade goes deep, ties it up, and um, <clears throat> game's pretty much knotted at one for a bit. Um, not until it's It wasn't until the bottom of the eighth inning where we got more offense. Um, Hicks and Frazier reached base with back-to-back singles, and then Brett Gardner uh, takes the plate. Baltimore makes a pitching change. Yankees counter, bring in the righty Glaber Torres to pinch hit. And Torres collects his first pinch hit of his, uh, pinch hit of his career, um, breaking the Ofer streak with a double in the right center gap, bringing home two runs, and that's the uh, that ended up being the winning hit 
um, plating two more runs to make it three to one Yankees. So fucking yeah, man, it was good to finally have some consistency out on the field, you know, um, with the Yankees. They, they finally did something fucking where they showed you some life. Right. Um, so let's go over some of the negatives first, because I want to end, I want to end on a good note. So let's, let's go over some of the things that I didn't like this series. And then let's go over, we'll finish it off rather with, um, a lot of the positives. So Gary Sanchez still sucks ass. Um, I may have had a hit in a walk in one of those games, but he, he's hitting a buck 27 still. There's no, nothing that's breaking it. You know, we always say, they always fucking say it's Paul Neal. Actually, the one I don't hate who always says, oh, Sanchez, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is going to turn him around. And we're always saying that shit. And here we are. He's still hitting a buck 20 something. Um, guy's terrible uh, on fucking both ends. He can't catch for shit. He's got a cannon of a fucking arm, a cannon of an arm, but he's not a good catcher. Um, very unmotivated back there. And he's just not a motivated hitter either. And it is so tough to watch this fucking guy just drag through mud every single game and know that there's not really much else we can do. You know, Daddy Kratz can't play every day. Kyle Higashioka is going to have his, you know, struggles. He's not that. He's a light hitter. Gary Sanchez is supposed to be talented, but here he is just your prototypical boom or bust, one-dimensional Mendoza line hitter. And he can't, he's, fuck, dude, uh, Mendoza line would be a huge compliment at this point that he would have to raise his average 70 something fucking points to reach Mendoza. What do you call someone who's hitting in the one hundreds, the low one hundreds shit? They got to rename. They got to rename that the Sanchez line. He's fucking awful. Um, and again, as I mentioned, the Yankee defense has not been uh, very pretty, not been, not been very good, uh, four games this series and they made six errors. Um, and overall on the season, man, not, not good. doesn't look good. They're last in the American League in fielding percentage. Um, they're 16th in all of baseball and defensive runs saved. Very mediocre. And UZR, they're also 15th. Again, very mediocre. For all the guys, you know, with speed they have and the guys that are supposed to be good defensively, they need to be a lot more focused out there in the field and a lot less sloppy. Um, those are the bad things. I really don't have anything else that, that I can really shit on them for right now. Um, but it was a good series. So let's talk about the positives, right? Um, yeah, they look, they look sharp, man. Listen, when you get good pitching, you will, you will win games. Good pitching always wins. And the hitting has been decent. Um, had some good outings, had some bad outings, but it was the pitching that, you know, really has been carrying them. Um, and it really starts with, with Hap's performance in the last loss of that five-game losing streak they had coming into the Baltimore series or or exiting the Toronto series. Hap pitched well there, but then you get that Garcia start, right? Seven innings, two earned runs against Buffalo. And then you get Garrett Cole, seven innings, no runs. Then you get Tanaka, five innings, one earned run. Then you get Montgomery yesterday, five and two thirds, no runs, and then five and um, or five innings, one run for Hap um, this past game. So you're getting a lot of good pitching lately, and that's what's been keeping the Yankees in these ball games. Uh, the bullpen's not blowing it too, so they're keeping it as it is. And again, offensively, you've you've got some guys heating up now. You've got Glaber Torres, 
and um, Miguel Andujar finally seeming to get their heads out of their ass. Um, both started the season miserably, but both have also picked it up of late. Um, in September, Gleyber Torres is 9 for 25, which is 360, um, with 7 RBIs, 6 extra base hits, and just 5 strikeouts. Um, you could see it. Much cleaner approach up there. Much smarter approach. He's going the other way a lot. Took that ball to right center this afternoon or this past afternoon. Well, it's fucking, again, it's 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 3 o'clock on a Monday morning, so take it as is. Um, so he's been good, man. You can see he's starting to get it together, which is fucking huge because when, I always say this, and you don't have to agree, but when Glaber Torres is on, okay, and you get every Yankee on their game, if every single Yankee in this lineup is on their game, I don't think there's anybody better than, you can make your case, LeMahieu, Torres, too. When he's on his game, there's not a more complete hitter in this lineup than him. He he's definitely at least at least top two, at least top two. Um, I mean he he's a complete hitter when he's on. He just has to keep that focus. Sometimes you see it's a little too pull happy, a little too home run fucking happy. But when he's on his game, man, there's nobody better. So I'm just hoping, I'm really hoping that he can stay consistent. So yeah, he's hitting 360 over his last nine games, which have been all in September. Um, Miggy has had a hot September too. In nine games this month, he's 11 for 31, which is 355, um, with five RBIs, four extra base hits, and five RBIs, four extra base hits, and three strikeouts. Only three strikeouts, which is awesome in over 30 plate appearances. So, you know, again, it's important to get these two guys going again because if you remember in 2017, that was the sole reason outside of Aaron Judge why the Yankees were so successful because those two were clicking so well. Um, you know, and I prefer them batting back to back because that's when you get your real lethal Yankee lineup and those two are on and they're hitting consistently in the order um, right next to each other. So it's good to get them hitting again. And then you've got reinforcements on the way. Like uh, I'm excited about Gio Urshela coming back on Tuesday. That's going to be fucking huge. Get another contact bat in there. Um, Somebody who can hit the ball at a high clip. Somebody who plays defense. Um, somebody who's very clutch getting Aaron judge. Who's, you know, him and LeMahieu, I always say are the two staples of this lineup. Yankees will go nowhere without either of them. Um, and then, you know, fairy boy, Stanton money bags, whatever you want to call them. Also supposed to come back with a judge, um, next weekend. Um, but it's like, how long until these two are fucking hurt again? At this point, we've got to see consistency and I'm, I'm not trying to get thrilled yet because we just need to see them stay on the fucking field for a change. And can Stanton stay on the field for a couple of days? You know, his plate discipline has been improved. We've seen it last year when he played. We've seen it in the small sample size this year when he played. It's definitely looked like it's better. It's definitely looking like it's better, but he's got to fucking stay healthy. If he's going to be this real deal, he's got to fucking stay healthy because I'm tired of the ifs and the, and the buts. Stay in the field. Same with Judge. You want to be the face of this team? Be the fucking, be here for the team. You know, the best ability is availability. What about Clint Frazier, man? I don't think Clint Frazier deserves to lose his spot to, you know, one of two guys who can't stay on the field enough. You know, Giancarlo Stanton specifically, I don't think he should be taking, you know, right away taking uh, taking Clint Frazier's everyday at-bats out of that lineup. Clint's fucking deserved this shit. 
His OPS is over 900. His batting average, I believe, is 280. He's driving in runs. He's hitting home runs at a decent clip. He's been coming through big. His plate discipline is in, has been such a fucking difference from previous years, Clint. And then the defense. Clint Frazier's actually got positive metrics defensively. The eye test shows you that he's playing much better defensively, making a lot of good plays out there too. Diving catches, using his speed. He's got a lot of speed. That speed helps on the base paths. Clint does not fucking deserve to be put back on the bench, even if it's, you know, only for a little bit, a couple of times a week. He needs to be fucking playing every day like he's been. He's been in that four spot for a while now. Consistently for change, Aaron Boone, actually having a consistent, somewhat of a consistent order. So I don't want him out of there. I don't want Giancarlo Stanton coming back and just taking Clint Frazier's spot, striking out 30% of the time, fucking, you know, swinging and missing in the dirt when you're down two runs in the eighth and you need a big fucking at-bat from him. I don't want that shit. I want Clint Frazier. Young, exciting, cheap. That's what I want. I don't want money bags. I don't want that. I want Clint. Clint doesn't deserve to just be thrown on the fucking bench because some fairy who can't stay healthy is coming back. That's bullshit. The fuck out of here. I don't like that, man. And I hope the Yankees find a way to keep Clint in the lineup. But then again, you've got Miguel Andujar to worry about. Same situation where he's an outfield slash DH. Uh, these guys shouldn't be fucking losing their spots, especially if the Yankees are finally playing well again and these guys are starting to produce. Miggy, Clint's been producing all year. I don't want to fucking see these guys lose their jobs just because two fucking, you know, fairies are coming back. George is obviously, you got to give him the right field spot, obviously. But Stanton, man, Stanton, it's just a fucking buzzkill. We'll see what they do. We'll see what Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone do. Um, you know, but Yanks keep winning, man. Five in a row now. Um, back on track, I guess. Still don't have a pretty record. Still, you know, not the most exciting to get into because we're not really trying for the division. Although we're four back from the division, I don't think that's a possibility. Um, but going forward, folks, we've got. You know, seven games left against Toronto. Seven more against Toronto, and the season's almost done. I think there's only, let's see. Let me check how many games are left. Um, 13 games left in the season? Are you kidding me? Seven of them against the Blue Jays. Over half. So these are important-ass games. The Yankees need to keep winning. They need to keep winning. Toronto is ahead in second place, and the Yankees need to take that spot. They need to beat the Blue Jays. Seven games remaining. Beat the fuck out of them. Um, So there's an off day on Monday, and uh, I think they go and play Toronto um, starting Tuesday. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's Toronto. I mean, Toronto's got seven games against us, so you have to figure it'd probably be, um, yep, Tuesday, 7 o'clock on Tuesday. I wonder if the Yankees are going to go with Cole or Garcia. It's Garcia's turn in the rotation, but, you know, with that extra off day, they might just go to Cole. Um, Let's see. Trying to see if they have the probables up for starting pitching. 
right now it says Davey Garcia. So I'm impressed with that kid, dude. I'm excited for him. I'm trying not to get too hyped up because I know how starting pitching prospects always end up when you've got Brian Cashman. Um, he's great with the hitters, but these pitching prospects, we never really pan out. You know, when you think about Sheffield, Chance Adams, um, what's the other fucking guy we got rid of? Caprillion, something like that. So hopefully Garcia is a real deal, but again, a very small sample size. Um, but it's not just the pitching and the results that I like. I like the, the kid's demeanor. He doesn't look like he's phased. Looks like he's been there before. Um, got that RJ Barrett type of swagger out there. Same thing can be said with RJ Barrett on the Knicks. Um, I see that in Garcia, where he doesn't look phased. He's 21 years old, can barely drink, but he doesn't look like he's new. He doesn't look 21. He looks just like a veteran out there. Looks poised, looks ready on the mound after every pitch. Walks around out there with a swagger. I like the kid. Gonna have to keep doing it, though. So we'll see. He always come upon in big spots. The Yankees have called upon this kid to get it done, and he's done it so far. But again, two weeks left of the season. One of those, uh, seven of those 13 games are uh, huge, huge games. So we'll see how he um, fares um, under pressure here down the stretch. So guys, let's get to the question of the day. Let's head to break first, and uh, we'll get to the MYY, MYK question of the day when we get back hey guys really quick i just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com you can find me on social media you can find the links to my podcast and my blog so that's all you got to do just go to my website go to nysportstalkrc.com dot wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information all right guys thank you let's get back to the show all right so last time out in episode 155 um I asked you guys, who was the 2009 World Series MVP? Um, now, obviously, the Yankees won the World Series in 09. Who was the MVP of the Fall Classic? The answer to that question, Hideki Matsui, remember? Just one ape shit. Um, so that was the answer to episode 155's question. Um, but episode 156, our NYY, NYK question of the day. Who was the first Yankee to have his number retired. So one more time, who was the first Yankee to have his number retired? So message me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or comment on the post once I publish the podcast. Um, preferably, you know, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, not on Twitter much nowadays. Um, so guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. You know, that's, that's all we've got for episode 156 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, if you haven't subscribed to us, please do so right now. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, YouTube, SoundCloud, and many more platforms as well, guys. Um, you can watch us on YouTube. If you're not already watching us on YouTube, you're probably listening to us on one of the many platforms we have. And to find all those platforms, to listen to us, to watch us, just go to my website, 
it's on the screen or it's in the description. Um, or you can just listen and I'll tell you right now. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. That'll take you to a page that displays all of my information. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into BD4. Um, I'm your host, Rob Carbone, um, and I'm signing out. That's all we've got for this one. So I'll see you after the Buffalo series if you're a Yankees fan. But if you are an NBA fan, and if all goes as planned with my schedule this week, I should have an episode um, where Leo, my friend, my neighbor, and I discuss the NBA playoffs and maybe a little bit of NFL. Um, we're going to get into that on um, Monday night. So technically tonight, um, we're going to start recording. I haven't recorded that yet, but if all goes as planned, Leo and I are going to have a podcast. I'm going to have him on the show um, for episode 157, where we talk, you know, talk NBA playoffs, maybe discuss a little bit of the NFL as well. And you know, a little bit of a bonus episode, taking a break from the Yanks in the next one. But if you're a baseball fan only and you just listen to the Yanks shit, then I'll see you after this Toronto series. So we'll have that uh, coming up this week uh, and we'll discuss whatever happens there. So hopefully we can keep winning, guys. Hopefully the Yanks keep winning. And um, again, thank you for stopping by. One last time, this is Rob Carbone, your host, Rob Carbone of the podcast of BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Guys, thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.